0: Is life. This is This is life. Life. life 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 This is life with Lisa Williams
1: I had never heard of Marcus Stanley until today and my nephew posted something on my Facebook wall which by the way y'all thank you so much when you see something that stirs your heart or makes you laugh or just makes you feel something thank you for sharing it with me somehow because you know, I'm a mom of two busy boys, and I don't spend a lot of time researching a lot of things other than what we're going to eat next. <laughs> and so thank you to, um, to my nephew, Steve, who saw this post from Marcus Stanley that he had left on Dylan Roof's uh, Facebook wall. Dylan is uh, in custody now. And I'm sure you know this story, because even if you don't follow the news too closely, we all heard what happened. Very sad Wednesday night. Nine people dead at a church in Charleston. Horrible, difficult to understand, just scary and tragic and and horrific. And so when Dylan was still at large, before they had you know, apprehended him, on Dylan's Facebook page, this man, Marcus Stanley, who's a 30-year-old award-winning gospel musician from Virginia, he wrote something on Dylan's Facebook page. And here's what it says. Marcus Stanley on Dylan Roof's Facebook page. I don't know you, but when I searched for your name from the news outlets, it led me here. You are not captured yet, so there is a chance that you may see this message. I don't look at you with the eyes of hatred or judge you by your appearance or race, but I look at you as a human being that made a horrible decision to take the lives of nine living and breathing people. Children do not grow up with hatred in their hearts. In this world, we are born colorblind Somewhere along the line, you were taught to hate people that are not like you, and that is truly tragic. You have accomplished nothing from this killing, but planting seeds of pain that will forever remain in the hearts of the families that lost their lives and countless hearts around the country. If you're still out there and you have your phone with you, give your heart to Jesus and confess your sins with a heart of forgiveness. He is the only one that can save your soul and forgive you for the terrible act that you have done. I love you, Dylan. Okay, pause. This is Marcus Stanley's words. Marcus is an African-American man. He's writing on the Facebook page of this young man who just went into a black church and killed all these people. He says, I love you, Dylan. Even in the midst of the darkness and pain you've caused, but more importantly, he loves you. If you would like to make this confession... Then just repeat these words. Dear God in heaven, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I acknowledge to you that I'm a sinner and I'm sorry for my sins and the life that I have lived. I need your forgiveness. I believe that your only begotten son, Jesus Christ, shed his precious blood on the cross at Calvary and died for my sins. And I am now willing to turn from my sin. You said in your holy word in Romans 10:9 that if we confess Jesus and believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead, we shall be saved. Right now, I confess Jesus is the Lord of my soul, and with my heart, I believe that God has raised Jesus from the dead. In this very moment, I accept Jesus Christ as my own personal Savior, and according to his word, I am now right. Right now, I am saved. Thank you, Jesus, for your unlimited grace, which has saved me from my sins. I thank you, Jesus, that your grace never leads to license, but rather leads to repentance. Therefore, Lord Jesus, transform my life so that I may bring glory and honor to you alone and not to myself. Thank you, Jesus, for dying for me and giving me eternal life. Amen. God bless you, Dylan. Someone got a picture of this post from Marcus Stanley on Dylan's page, and then not long after, the Facebook page was taken down. So when I saw this, I, I started thinking, who's Marcus Stanley? That's pretty amazing. So I went to Marcus Stanley's Facebook page. He is a man who was shot himself eight times at point blank range and lived to tell about it and he says he saw an angel who took the shots first like he says there's an angel in front of him the shots went through the angel and then into him I don't know if I'll ever get to talk to Marcus Stanley and I don't know if he'll ever hear this but thank you thank you for being a black man who went to this young white man's page and wrote the truth Thank you, Marcus Stanley. And I have a link to this article up right now at lifewithlisawilliams.com if you want to see it for yourself or share it with anybody. Well, because Father's Day is just a couple of days away, I made an appointment to talk with Dwight Bain a couple of days ago just to talk about Father's Day. I love spending time with Dwight, and it's just always good to hear his heart and what he has to say. And so... Um, first thing I said to him was, Happy Father's Day.
0: Thank you, Lisa. Being a daddy is an incredibly, incredibly joyous thing uh, because uh, one time a year, dads get to take the family out for for lunch and still pay for it. Because, you know, the rest of the year, dads usually pay for lunch and uh, Father's <laughs> Day, dads kind of pay for lunch. So I, I heard once that <laughs> they're more long-distance Telephone calls made on Mother's Day than any other day of the year, and more True. collect telephone calls made collect telephone calls on Father's Day than any other day of the year. So, really, apparently, there you know that dads just on some things still don't feel the love. Gary Smalley <laughs> told me once. I said because I was writing a, a book about uh, young adulthood and twenty somethings launching, and I said, Gary, when do uh, when do you set the line uh, uh, between between adolescence and adulthood? And, and Gary said, Oh, it's simple. He said, It's when the dad goes out to lunch with the whole family, and uh, his adult children pay for his lunch. I said, really? I said, um, uh, h- how are, you know, Greg and Michael doing? He said, they're not adults yet. I still pay for lunch. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, it's true. The dads are just, God bless you, dads. I mean, you take care of things, don't you? You make sure that there's food on the table. I mean, moms do too, but you know, just, I don't have to balance that out, right? It's Father's Day, <laughs> men. Yeah, thank you Father's for all you too. Thank you for what you do to put food on the table and make sure we've got insurance and take care of the house and and lead by example. And I mean, the pressure, the pressure to be all these things when you're the dad.
0: Dads do a lot. And sometimes they really, they don't get a lot of appreciation. And sometimes they get taken for granted because when you think about things like, uh, you know, groceries and gasoline and homeowners insurance and braces and orthodontic work and dental insurance, I know there's someone listening right now, Lisa. And they don't have a provider in their life. They don't have a husband to provide. Or maybe their daddy didn't provide because he cut and ran when the going right. got tough. Right. And, and, and in a situation like that, the Bible's very clear that God will step in and be a provider. God will step in and be a protector. God will step in and, and, and be, uh, meet that deep need inside. But it still doesn't replace God designed this relationship where there's a man in our lives who many times we don't think about or we buy a a tie or some kind of, you know, silly (laughs) gift for, you know, one Sunday a year. Instead of being able to say, you matter to me. You know, I get emotional when I talk about this because my dad's health is feeble now. Mm -hmm. And and, at least I know how much your daddy meant to you.
1: Oh, so and, much. So much. Yeah.
0: And to be able to say, you matter to me so much. And I know there are people who are missing their daddies right now. Absolutely. And, 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 you know, we're sitting at the table with friends. I always envision our conversations like that. And I just wish I could hear about your dad because our dads make a difference. And, and that's both ways. They either make a positive difference, because I had a godly dad who worked three jobs. He didn't have a lot of education, but he had a, a drive to say, I will give you a better opportunity than I had. Or dads make a difference because they weren't there and it leaves mm-hmm. a gap and it leaves an emptiness inside and it leaves kind of a hole in the soul and and God can fill that. And sometimes he can do it with, with mentors and sometimes he can do it with godly role models and sometimes he can do it with a pastor or a youth pastor, you know, some mm-hmm. wise person in our life to kind of reparent and fill that gap. But, you know, this idea of honoring dads, absolutely appropriate, and and being able to then make the connection, because so many people, they kind of view God the way they view their earthly father. Mm -hmm. And I think, Lisa, for a lot of people, they ignore their dad because they're so busy with their life, you know, the whole cat's in the cradle and the silver spoon thing. you (laughs) You know, Daddy, I'll call you one day, but I'm busy with my life doing what you taught me, and that's how to be busy with my life. And, and I think they treat God the same way of, God, I'll give you a call. We'll get together then. I know we'll have a good time then. Instead of being able to say, oh, Lord God, I'm so desperate for you as my daddy. So desperate for that closeness and that connection. And to be able to have a relationship with God that's closer because he's our heavenly father. But when I think about Adam and Eve in the garden, they walked with God every day. Every day at the end of the day they wrapped up the the projects for the day and they walked with God. And I want to do that. I want to live that way with my daddy, not somebody that I take to lunch, you know, every once Sunday after church or for some people, well, you know, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I like your I like yours better. <laughs> <laughs> somebody I take to lunch once a year and say, "Here's a Father's Day tie and a little cane that has a squeaky thing on it that says, "Hey, you're getting old." <laughs> Have you ever noticed that, how people will, they do sentimental cards for mom and there's <laughs> flowers and rainbows and cupcakes and unicorns and warm fuzzy stuff. <laughs> and they do old fart jokes for dads <laughs> and some talking dog that's saying some nonsense because some you know somewhere somebody said, cards to dads are supposed to be about a buffoon. It's supposed oh, to be about something ridiculous yeah. instead of if this man made major sacrifices for you to honor that person and some cultures do that they honor dads instead of like so many sitcoms that just have you know the yeah. dad is the dad is the brunt of the joke
1: yeah th- there has to be a paradigm shift and it always has to start with the person sitting between your elbows you know it has to start with yeah. with <laughs> you saying i'm going to I'm going to dig deep, even though my dad may have this wall up and he acts silly and he does acts like he doesn't care. There's a soul in there hungry for God too. And so I'm going to speak to that soul and say, you know, this is what I see when I see you. And this is what I think about and what you did for me. And I'll never forget. And just, just, you know, just love your dad. You know, I heard once about how much children long for the blessing from their fathers and feel bitter if they don't get it. And then um, it was a book that talked about turning it around and blessing your parents. And I did that in my twenties where I just said, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to bemoan what I didn't get from them. I'm going to give them love, blessing, honor. And it just changed, it changed everything in my relationship yeah. with my parents when I did that.
0: Well, and being able, if your parents are alive to say, okay, I'm going to let them know they made a difference. Now, and sometimes, you know, somebody at the table is going to say, Hey, Dwight, Lisa, They didn't do a good job.
1: Right, right.
0: And and that's where I go to my heavenly father. I go to God and say, God, they really didn't do a good job, but I forgive them. And it's been my experience, you know, at least I've been a counselor for 30 years. Most parents, most dads, they really do the best they know how. The problem is a whole lot of them just don't know how. No Mm -hmm. one trained them. Nobody Mm -hmm. sat them down and said, let me give you some mentoring, some coaching. Let let me show you what a godly role model looks like. And so most of the time they did the best they could. Even if they did a bad job,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: it's all they knew Mm -hmm. because no one trained them. That's why it's so important to be able to say, you know what? What are we doing to model for our kids about honoring parents? There's 10 guiding principles that God gives us and the one right in the middle, because the first, the first four deal with my relationship with God as my heavenly father. The next six deal with earthly relationships and the pivotal one, the pivotal one deals with my relationship with my mom and dad. And God put this standard in place and said, these are principles to guide your life by. And so when I'm able to show honor to somebody who maybe is hard to deal with, but to say, you know, I appreciate you. I appreciate you in my life and let's have a nice dinner. Then even little guys and gals who are looking up watching a mom and dad can say, you know what? I think it's good to show honor to parents. Mm-hmm. But, but there's a biblical principle where God said, if you do that, and it didn't say if you do that because they were nice, godly, wonderful Norman Rockwell kind of people. It, it said, if you honor them, then I will honor you.
1: I know. It says that. It's true. It didn't say they had
0: to be good people.
1: It has to stop somewhere. I mean, if your grandparents and your great-grandparents and your great-grandparents and all these dads for all generations didn't really love or were kind and it just kind of came into your dad, it's so easy to judge a person just on the level that we live on. And I tend to be too Pollyanna pure-hearted about these things, but it's where I come from and I don't really deal with my own pain and you know, I have issues, but I still feel this way, that if you can be the one, can I be the one who says, you know what? I'm going to stop that. I'm going to stop that generational um, yeah. hatred or anger or disrespect. And because of Christ and only because of Christ, I'm going to turn and face this person and give them the respect that God wants me to give them. And then watch how that, and I have seen this with my own eyes, that begins to change that person um and then there can be a, gener- a generational shift which is something again i tend to be very optimistic but i believe <laughs> i believe in the power of words and the power of god and so maybe for this father's day that's just for for someone to hear that even if your dad was a royal jerk and hopefully he didn't hurt you or abuse you or anything horrible like that sweet friend but you know if you can in some way either forgive for the first time or or just show them honor and respect on a very simple level, maybe that will be, uh, I don't know. Is that good advice, Dwight? It just came out of my heart. (laughs) Yeah,
0: well, here's the part that I've seen happen. A friend of mine who just had a really harsh, came out of World War II kind of mean dad. Yeah. And this guy is such an overachiever, so successful. I just love him so much because one of his guiding principles, and I've watched him through the years, he said, I'm going to do a better job than my dad. And he was incredibly successful. Great job as a father. He's he's now a grandfather. And I've watched through all of that. The greatest healing occurred, not by him saying, with God's help, I'm going to break this cycle. That was powerful. But the greatest healing happened when he became a grandfather. And and something in his heart stirred to say, I need to go track my really mean, hard-hearted dad down and have a conversation. And he did that. I think there's wisdom in, in thinking through. If, if if somebody feels led to do that, you script it out, you talk to your closest friends, your mentors, your coaches, your counselors, and, and don't just walk into it. But sometimes to script out a letter and say, I just want to share this with you. Dennis Rainey calls this a tribute letter. Mm-hmm. And it's to write mm-hmm. down one single page to be able to write down a letter that you would hand to them and again not based on they were this wonderful you know disney kind of family and 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 if they were thank god but remember most families had a lot had a lot of pain mm-hmm. most families have problems people want to have a happy wonderful family and i want that but the reality is a lot of people have pain and brokenness and hardship and death, divorce, foreclosures and bankruptcies and difficulty. And in the middle of all that to say, instead of confronting them or, you know, doing like pop psychology, you know, whenever, when in doubt, blame your mother of, of being able to step back and say, I know that you made a difference in my life. And I thank you. And I don't think you can say that if you're 16, but if you're 46, I think you can reach a place to say, I don't have to carry childhood pain anymore. And and I don't have to hold on to old insecurities. With God's help, I can let God re-parent me, re-parent the wounds or the emptiness. And I know that in my own journey, um, God gave me some wonderful godly mentors. Because my dad worked all the time. And I knew he loved me, but he wasn't there. He missed some things. And it wasn't about love It was about, I know he's working to give me an education to feed us, to take care of us. So I knew he loved us, but I also knew um, I needed some people to explain certain things to me and how to deal with life. And God sent uh, a youth pastor who was just incredible in my journey. His name's David Hurd. He's actually still alive. I saw him a couple of months ago, and he just was there to be a safe sounding board through the challenges of adolescence. And I imagine that there are other people at the table right now who are listening saying, you know, I had somebody like that too. And so if it's Father's Day and your dad's alive, honor your dad. But if it's Father's Day, your dad's dead or your dad is completely estranged from you, maybe there's somebody that you could, you know, go through your contact list and say, you know, that man made a difference. And I'll tell you this, sometimes, Lisa, like you were saying, just a few words of saying, you have no idea how what you did when I was at this stage of my journey made a positive difference. You changed my life. And to be able to say that, to share that will encourage them maybe at a time that they desperately need it too.
1: Well, I know I'm appreciative that Dwight Bain takes time out of his very busy schedule to spend time with us on Life with Lisa Williams. You know, Dwight is a life coach and a counselor and an author and a speaker. And at DwightBain.com, you can find out more and reach out to him there. And so happy Father's Day to Dwight. And if you're a dad, hope you have a wonderful weekend and that you feel very appreciated. Thank you so much to my nephew, Steve Caldwell, for sharing that Facebook post with me. Otherwise, some of us would have never known what Marcus Stanley said publicly to Dylan Roof on Facebook. Can I? I really appreciate what he said so much. So thank you, Steve. And thank you, Marcus, for being a gentle-spirited, strong man. I appreciate what you said, and I hope I get a chance to talk to you someday. Big thanks to Paul Goldsmith, who's the executive producer of Life with Lisa Williams. Hashtag thanks for listening.